Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This enchanted book. What wonders are hidden within its pages? What magical spell does it cast on all who read it? What is the secret of the never-ending story? But that's impossible! Welcome to Rewatchability, where the podcast where we rewatch old movies to see how they hold up in the modern eye. We're part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network. My name is Blaine Waters. With me, as always, is Bert Larone. Bert Larone. Well, because the character in this movie, his his name, like it's missing the first like two Sebastian letters. Sebastian. Yeah, yes. so I thought I would do the same thing. Oh, Maybe cool. I could go flying on a fucking luck dragon. <laughs> so I'm just like Ain Waters. <laughs> You're just Ain. Oh god, that that's horrible. Sound good. No, it, it's not, it sounds like an affliction. Yeah, <laughs> he died of <laughs> of the Ains. Of the Ains. Oh no, yes. this is going off the rails so fast already. <laughs> we are going to talk about. Never-ending story in just a minute. But first, we want to thank our Patreons. Thank you so much for going to patreon.com slash rewatchability mm-hmm. and, you know, giving us uh, a gold. There's no there's no currency in this movie that I can, like, work into this. What's that thing, thing that the that the guy has? The, oh, the Orem or something, whatever? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awful, too. This, I, I think it's called the Orin or something. Yeah. So you can pay us in Orins or just a dollar. A month, and you can get the podcast early at certain levels. You can get the podcast ad free mm-hmm. and classic episodes ad free as well, which is pretty cool. It's awesome. <laughs> it's a never ending. Well, it's a subscription, so I guess it ends when you want it to end. Yeah, but there's like 384 episodes. It's about an hour each. If you can listen to 400 hours of the podcast, I mean, that's close enough to never ending. <laughs> I like I was talking to someone the other day, and they were like, "What if you died before like your like son was born or your daughter was born?" I'd be like, "Oh, they can listen to the the podcast and they get to know who I am." And then I was like, "There's 384 hours of this." Po- like, <laughs> I if, if <laughs> I don't want to know who they are, yeah, exactly. I'd be like, "Nope, I'm done. I'm out." <laughs> nice knowing you, pops. <laughs> yeah, I'll look at the few pictures he took. <laughs> but aren't you afraid that in the future, like some AI computer is gonna like? Take all of our podcast episodes and then deep fake our voices and make us say, like, I don't know, dirty things. We already say dirty things. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. 
they probably can't make us say anything worse than anything we've said on the early episodes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the ones that like weren't as well edited. No. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into Neverending Story. Rob, when did you first see this? This is a big kids movie. It was a huge movie. Everyone loved this movie. I hate to disappoint you, but I did not see the never-ending story. You never hate to disappoint me. I always love to disappoint you. (laughs) You revel in it. I just somehow missed this whole franchise. I mean, I saw the video cassette in the video store. Right. And I was sort of fascinated by it. I had the sort of flying dog thing. I had the, like, 80s drawn poster kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And Jonathan Brandis. Well, that's the second one. Okay, but I didn't understand that. So I was just like, oh, it's that movie where Jonathan Brandis drives the flying dog. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a fever dream or something. (laughs) Rob, are you okay? Bert, Bert, comes back to us. (laughs) But so I never saw this movie. I I don't have a big excuse or anything. I've always been open to seeing it. I think it just seemed maybe a little childish by the time I discovered it, I guess. So I missed it. However, I mean, we had decided to talk about this movie when it came up. In the zeitgeist again by magic. <laughs> yeah, well, Might, by, something to do with the child, uh, childlike empress must have put some sort of like spell on the Duffer Brothers. And <laughs> That's then, right. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, well, we got to include this song in the." So I was very excited to finally watch the never-ending story. Great. Yeah. Well, I'm, I hope it lived up to the hype that you had, like, made internal in your mind. In my imagination? Yeah. It does. <laughs> okay, <good. laughs> What about you, Blaine? I like the first NeverEnding Story, but I had the second NeverEnding Story 2 on VHS. Okay. And I would watch that all the time. And I, I love Jonathan Brandis as a kid. We talked about that before on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I like if I had a subscription to Tiger Beat, he would have been on my wall. Yeah, he was I, like your familiar. He, he was. I wanted to like style my hair after <laughs> him, and he had this like sideways smile that I always tried to like. Is that like a smirk? Yeah, it was. It was a smirk, and I was like, "That's cool." And that I'm guy like was that. good. He was. Yeah, good. he was fun. Um, Sequest, DSV. Oh, come on. Fucking talk to dolphins. <laughs> he talked to dolphins. This kid from the first Neverending Story? Kid can't talk to fucking dolphins. No, can't even ta- talk to porpoises. He talks to luck dragons and that's it. Barely. You know, barely. So, um, so yeah, I, I loved uh, the first one. The second one I loved even more. I, I In English class in like grade four or something like that, I, I rewrote all of it as like a story. I was very into it. And so going back to the first one, I was really excited because – this is it was it was so big when I was a kid and people like mentioned it all the time and then it kind of dropped out and I had put the you know the, that app I'm going to like <laughs> call it an app that app Libby where you can like take books out from the library oh okay and, like listen to them well I got never shout out story. to Libby yeah exactly so you've read the book I haven't I have it on hold oh, but everyone okay. wants to read this book now so right it's, it's taking a long time okay so never ending story one wasn't such a big deal for you never ending story two was your jam yeah exactly why. I think it was Jonathan Brandis. It was Jonathan Brandis. It was something that I had at home that I could like look at again okay. and again. And then there was also something really frightening about the second one that wasn't in the first one. Oh, okay. The second one dealt with memory loss, kind of like early onset Alzheimer's for a kid. Oh my God. Every wish that he wished in the second one, he'd lose a memory. So he was losing the memory of his dead mom. 
That's and, terrifying. Yeah, yeah. And so like – and they were like symbolized by these little little like ball, glass balls and they'd like take one. And, and so he would lose these memories and it was terrifying to me. Oh. So I think I was just fascinated by that that terror. That sounds yeah. uh, interesting. Because it was kind of like the existentialist nothing in the first one, you know, that like mm-hmm. nihilism kind of thing. Anyway, so mm-hmm. we'll get into that. But <laughs> let's let's get into the kind of plot of this movie – this movie only – we'll discuss the differences between the book and the movie later. But this movie only takes up the first half of the book. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll tell you what happens in the second half of the book at, at the, after the break. But uh, let's get into the movie. Right it's like now. it was like, it was read by somebody who was too lazy to finish it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wolfgang Peterson was just like, <laughs> nah, Yeah, nine. this is good. <laughs> <laughs> the never-ending story. It's about this kid – his name is Bastion. Right. He is sad because, like many kids, he has a parent who has died. His mom has yeah. died. He lives with his dad, so I suppose that he helps some sort of sports team win a divisional championship. <laughs> and the Angels brought him there. <laughs> He's doing okay. Well, no, but this dad isn't like the Danny Glover from Angels in the Outfield. This dad is like a disconnected... It's Gerald McRaney. It's Major Dad. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like cracking eggs into a blender and just drinking it like he's oh. Rocky or something. <laughs> it's the weirdest breakfast. Yeah, that was a bit intense. But yeah. I always associated Gerald McRaney with dads. Like he's, yeah. you know, the mustache. The he's balding. very He's very fatherly. Yeah. But... They're having some trouble because the kid is still not over his mom dying. I guess, you know, most kids would get over that in like a week and a half. But this kid, he's sad about losing his parents. His dad does not fucking understand either. He's like, we got to get back to work. It's like, well, maybe you do, but he's a fucking kid. Like, you know, he has feelings. Well, he hasn't been – he hasn't had both feet on the ground yeah, yeah. His head can't be up in the clouds. He That's right. Both feet on the ground. Because he's really stretching that metaphor. He dreamed about his mom the night before. Come on, kid. <laughs> and also, he's been drawing unicorns in his math book. Right. Yeah. His dad is is frustrated that he hasn't been able to you know get back to it and move on and be able to apply himself. Yeah. Well, and he's worried about the imagination of son, like taking him into like. You know, crazy territory. He wants him to do well in school beyond grieving for his dead mom. Yeah. Buck up, kid. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, that that dad is like at the end of that conversation, he's like, "So you're gonna do well on your math test, right?" And the kid's like, "Okay, dad." Like just <laughs> just decimated as his soul. And the dad's like, "I like this talk. We should have more of these talks." Like he was like <laughs> so ineffectual as a father. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's not his own. That's not this kid's only problem. He also he gets beat up by bullies on his way to school, and they throw him in a dumpster. Yeah. And then when he gets back out of the dumpster, they chase him again. Threatening to throw him back into the dumpster. (laughs) (laughs) Just stay in the dumpster, kid. That's your new home. Just stay there. (laughs) When the kids see him again and they start to go after him, it's so pathetic. His cry is like, no, not again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Did you you ever have like a bully when you were a kid? Yeah, I had several bullies. Whoa, really? Did you have like three blonde bullies like this movie? Not at once. (laughs) (laughs) 
This is like Wolfgang. Like I don't. I don't know if they were blonde bullies in the book, but uh, anyway, it's it's. I don't know. Reminiscence. Anyway, right. You're saying it's like they're Aryan. Yeah, exactly. Know, Nazi youth. Well, Andy, Andy, like he or Andy. I don't know. Are we still doing the mattress commercials through this uh, podcast? Uh, Andy or or Andy, uh, the the novelist. He sort of like went lived through the the right. Nazi occupation because it is a, a German novel. Yes, it is a German novel. <laughs> we should say it was a German it's, movie too. That's right. It, yeah. it is a German movie. Yeah, it's big and big and German. It's actually we should specify West German. Okay, because there was this there was this wall. What? Yeah, it's like, kind of a thing, like along Mexico. Yeah, U.S. board, just like the one Donald Trump. Okay, is sweet. Out. Well, that seems like it'll work out. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, his his life sucks. He gets chased by the bullies into uh, a bookstore. Yeah, that's better than a dumpster. Slightly better than a dumpster. Slightly. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, of course, if there's a bookstore, there's got to be a creepy old man (laughs) working there. What is this old man doing? He's like, get out of the bookstore, kid. And the kid's like, while I read books, he's like, prove it. Like, just let the kid in your bookstore, you know? In a few years, it's just going to be replaced by Amazon anyway. So you got to get your customers while they're... They're there. I like the bookstore guy, though. He's like, this isn't your video arcade down the road. Beep, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> you won't find any hippity hop in here <laughs> chewing your bubble gum. <laughs> but he's reading a book. Mm. And, of course, the kid, and that he old wants man, to know what book it is. Yeah, and that old man's been reading this book forever. <laughs> Jesus, it just goes on and on and on. So this old man kind of tells the kid about the about the story a little bit, but he says it's not for you. It's too dangerous, <laughs> right? This isn't like yeah. your safe books where you become Tarzan. And then we see the book, and it's a book on communism. Yeah, and so- <laughs> <laughs> das Capital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's the never ending story, and there's a snake on the cover yeah. eating its own tail. Mm-hmm. Which is like the uh, the Ouroboros or something. It's kind of, but it does a few more loops. Right. Yeah. It's like a Celtic <laughs> knot of a snake. Yeah. But Bastion steals the book. Yeah. And he leaves a note saying he'll bring it back, but uh, it's still kind of stealing. <laughs> Imagine those kids were just like the owner's kids and he kept on ste- stealing from that <laughs> store. Get them, boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he was being bullied because he was Throw a Throw him in that thief. dumpster. Like there are libraries, Bastion. You know, you can do this for free, though. Yeah. Yeah, Libby. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> do you think anybody's ever been sucked into their library app? <laughs> <laughs> Just with, like, the the, in, the payments, the in-game uh, purchases? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Dollar <laughs> ninety nine. <laughs> sure, I guess. In for a penny. Yeah. So he goes to school, and he starts not schooling. He doesn't... <laughs> Keep both feet on the ground and his head not in the clouds. He goes up to the creepy old attic. Right, yeah. Where they store all the skeletons and Erlenmeyer flasks. <laughs> yeah, and like wolf heads. Wolf heads. Yeah, and also this looks like a, just a common house attic, it, just a little bit bigger. It doesn't look like a school attic. Well, it doesn't look like the school that they show in the establishing shot, that's for sure. It had no slanted roof at <laughs> no all? No attic. It was a <laughs> yeah. one-level school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is a school portable. I don't know why he's in the attic. <laughs> yeah, but he he's there. He like has candles. He's like well stocked. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's making a real experience for himself. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. A little bit of rosé. <laughs> a hot bath. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Mm-hmm. And he starts uh, relaxing into this book. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're still a kid, so let's not go down. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so he gets into this book and he's reading this book and he loves it right at the top. It's high fantasy. There's a rock guy that's eating limestone. Yeah. There's a, a guy that races on a snail. Right. Well, it's all the Oompa Loompas. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. He looks like the Mad Hatter. Across the Noompa Loompa for sure. No, no, no. I'm, he's literally the guy who plays all the Oompa Loompas what? in Tim Burton's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate oh, Factory. Oh, God. That's, that's amazing. That's Deep Roy. That's Deep Roy. <laughs> well, he's great. He's, he's fantastic on this. I, he's pretty good. Yeah, this – we it sort of shifts into the world of the story at this point. Yeah. And it is a magical fantasy world. I mean, it's called Fantasia. Right. And it has all these like big creatures, like the rock creature and yeah. the, yeah, the snail dude and some <laughs> little gnome. And they all meet and they all discuss that something is happening in the world of Fantasia. Well, actually, nothing is happening. The nothing is coming for that's, everyone to eat everything. Else. Yes. Thank you, Blaine. Nothing is happening. <laughs> Nothingness is descending on Fantasia. And they don't know what to do. So they have to go see the childish empress so that she can fix the problem. The childlike empress. It's the same, same but difference. But she's not childish. She's not like, Atreyu, come here and receive your prize. It's a nuggy. Like, it's not like a childish that's like an uncleish okay. empress. <laughs> uncleish empress. You may see the uncleish empress. No, please. No, I don't want to see that guy with the mustache. So these guys go off to the White Tower or the Ivory Castle, Ivory Tower. The Ivory Tower. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's a university <laughs> where they do the yeah, ah, PhDs. <laughs> and they find it frustrating and pointless. <laughs> no, they find out that the uh, the empress can't help because she's sick. And it looks like she's going to die unless something can be done. And the only person who can save the Magic Kingdom or whatever is this warrior named Atreyu. Yeah. And he comes and it's a boy. Yeah, like a little kid. He's like eight years old. A little boy. I'm sorry, but this is not the time or place for children. I must ask you to leave. If you don't want me here. You shouldn't have sent for me. Is he in the case? It was not you we sent for. We wanted to tray you. I am a tray. <laughs> not a tray you the child. A tray you the warrior. I'm the only tray of the plains people. But I'll be happy to go back hunting the purple buffalo. Also, I think we should point out that this boy is. Kind of seems like he's a little, like, wearing Native American gear. Yeah, yeah. But doesn't seem like he's Native American. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's very accurate. Well, in the – I'm going to spoil this. In the the book, he's actually green with blue hair. Oh. So they did paint him green to begin this this whole thing. And I, I don't know if that's any better. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if that's any – it's still called I, I think it's, I, I think it's better. There's no green people who have <laughs> suffered under <laughs> – Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he – the guy like turns him away. He's like, you're just a little kid. And he's like, all right, fuck you. I'll go back to like hunting the buffalo, which is like yeah. part, part of his thing. And uh, the guy's like, well, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. If like the empress you know, said a little kid is going to save it, then will you do it? And he's like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. 
And then we start following Atreyu throughout this journey.、Mm-hmm. He has to go through the swamps of sorrow. Yeah, presumably they're called that because he has to watch his horse die. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah, this is the thing that I、uh, remember distinctly as a kid from this movie, watching it and being like. Oh, well, he's gonna pull his horse out. You know,、yeah. horses aren't known for their depression. You know, <laughs> they're 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 pretty they're pretty jolly, hopping. You don't know that clopping along, <laughs> and then this horse succumbs to like the the atmosphere of this horrible swamp and sinks. And I, I remember as a kid being like, Trey's gonna pull him out. How, how's he gonna pull that horse out? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is this is getting close. They're not just going to make all of us children、no. watch this horse die. Yeah, and then it fades to black and fades back up, and the horse is nowhere to be seen.、And、you're like, no, how? I, I felt so betrayed as a kid. Yeah, it's like, oh god, they. You wanted to see the last bubbles go to the surface and pop. <laughs> Like, yeah, the last gasp of the horse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to see it. No, I. I was. I was aghast, and I was like, "How is Atreyu going to get anywhere now?" Yeah, like this was his best friend, even though we knew that horse for like two minutes. Yeah, but it still affected me as a kid. Well, I mean, nobody wants to see a horse die. That's why they canceled Luck. <laughs> 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 so、uh, he meets this big turtle. Yeah, he goes through the thing and he meets the turtle, which is like the oldest creature in the universe or whatever. But the creature can't help him. The turtle can't help him. He says that he's got to go to the South Oracle. Right, not the North Oracle. No, don't. No, that's bullshit. <laughs> don't get confused. Yeah, yeah. That Oracle is just full of moose and maple syrup and stuff. Don't、no, go there. Go south. That's offensive. <laughs> And this fucking wolf is after him, right? The Gamork, the Gamork, because it's like part of the nothing, I guess. Yeah, it's like an evil spirit. It is the laziest wolf I've ever seen. <laughs> it mostly stays in holes, so you can't really see below its shoulders. Yeah, where it hasn't, <laughs> where its like anamorphic skeleton <laughs> hasn't been dressed. Yeah, yeah, but the Gamork is chasing after Atreyu, and、uh, he's about to bite it. Yeah, and, like it really seems like he's gonna die.、Literally. He's gonna join his horse, and then、yeah. fucking lucky for him, he's saved by this flying dog worm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the opposite of those things from Tremors. Yeah, it's in the sky and really nice. It's very nice. Yeah, and it's a luck dragon, so it's it's very lucky. He shows up at the right time to save people. And he's kind of like that force in those like kids books that never lets bad things happen. Except where were you with the horse? <laughs> God damn it, Falcor! Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I、uh, hate horses. <laughs> <laughs> so he saves he saves Atreyu and takes him somewhere and dresses his wounds and stuff. Yeah, and then that's where they meet the the weird gnomes or whatever. Yeah, and they. Tell him that there's going to be all these tests at the thing. Yeah, this, the Oracle, the Sphinxes are going to test him. Yeah, that's right. Different gates to get to the Oracle. Yeah, but so Atreyu goes down there.、Mm-hmm. He goes to test the Sphinx. He sees already. We, I mean, we see him watching an, a brave knight go with his armor go、yeah. up and get like laser eyed to death. Yeah, like the the kind of gnome guy is like you have to. Have a good self worth. You have to know your own self worth. You have to know how much you're worth as a person to enter and not be beamed to death by these by these sphinxes. Yeah. And、uh, as a kid, I would have I would have died. 
for sure. I would still die. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I would still die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have some self-esteem before you go. For, okay, can you get someone else to do this? Is that yeah. fine? Yeah, because uh, confidence isn't my uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he he ventures close and he starts doubting himself because, yeah. of course, these fucking monolithic like sphinxes could kill him. Yeah. Also, he might be slightly confused because these sphinxes have huge breasts. <laughs> he's he's going he's starting puberty. It's very he's confusing. Like, he's, looking at the sphinxes, he's like, do these sphinxes have huge breasts? Oh God. I think they, they definitely do. There's um, a tingle in his loincloth. Right. And so he's he's starting to doubt himself and his resolve because he's like, there are other things that are like attracting my attention right now. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he he just like runs through at the end and yeah. the things shoot the lasers but they miss. The knight was on a horse. Like he could have just galloped through. This is one of the things that I don't really understand about this movie. Like Atreyu doesn't seem like he's good at things. <laughs> well, he's a kid, Rob. But he's supposed to be the hero. Like he he's shouldn't he have like some sort of quality that is heroic well, at some point? He's pretty brave. He'll like he he knows that he's going to be distracted by some boobies <laughs> and he still goes. To, like, pass his sphinx. He, he's about to cry. <laughs> when I was 13, I would have been very afraid of, of, of all of that. I wouldn't have known what to, what to do. Right. I would have been staring and looking at them. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but he gets but, through that, and there's another challenge with the mirror. And yeah. this is where it gets interesting because he looks at the mirror. Yeah. And Sebastian is reading about this in the book. Yeah, I love that the the gnomes are like, when you look in the mirror, a nice person will see an asshole and like it'll <laughs> really fuck them up. Or like an asshole will see like kind of like a good maybe person that'll be like, oh, I thought I was an asshole. Like it doesn't seem like things that will like really get you anyway. We're saying you're an asshole, Treyu. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he looks in the mirror, he just sees another kid reading a book and he's like, uh, I mean, okay. Like, there's no, like, what is, the Sphinx almost burnt him to death with these, like, fireballs. And this mirror is just, like, him being like, I don't know, let's walk. It's not, it's not a, a contest, I'd say, you know? Yes. It's just, he goes through, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. But Bastion, in the real world, yeah. he's fucking confused. Because already he's heard the voices. Yeah. And, or, like... He's, he's no, he's. They've heard his voice. Yeah, and then he's and like he's read his own voice on the page. Yeah, which is weird. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. And when you're a kid, that like metafictional stuff really gets you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, it fucks you right up. So he kind of like he's like, "What's going on? Am I impacting this book? Can I control this book?" Yeah, kind of like starts wondering that stuff, and he gets the final Sphinx. Here. He gets the actual oracle. Yeah, and it tells him that he has to bring like a human child from the beyond the boundaries. Someone of... needs to rename the empress. Yeah, because she lost her name, and that's why she's ill, and that's why the nothing is closing in. And you'll need a human child. <laughs> and Trey is like, "Yeah, cool. Where can I pick one up?" Like he doesn't hesitate. You know, he's like, "I'll get a child. You need a child. Get a child." Uh, and so uh, she's like, "You have to get outside Fantasia." And he's like, how the fuck do you do that? And so he needs his luck dragon back. 
Yeah. And uh, and he rides in Luck Dragon. He has such a great time on that Luck Dragon for a montage that covers the whole like thousands and thousands of kilometers. He keeps on being like, yeah. <laughs> if I'm in an hour in a car, I'm like, this is boring. <laughs> like, he, he's enjoying this ride so much. Yeah. Hours and hours of it. Anyway. I mean, it's pretty magnificent. Yeah. Like the clouds rolling over the mountains yeah. and – the sky and all of its colors and, you know, then sticking from the side of the screen is this luck dragon puppet <laughs> with its, like, articulate nose that goes... I love that. When the- you were a kid, did you believe that he was flying? Because it looks pretty good when it's, like, just like you see it from above. It's like, oh, yeah, it looks like he- the luck dragon's flying. But then when they show it from the side, it's like, oh... <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, uh, this is a forty foot long weird stick figure. lying on a warehouse floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I mean it didn't seem real. It also felt like blue screen back in the in the day for sure too. But yeah, I mean I loved Fal- I, I Who wouldn't want to ride on Falcor? Is my question. People you who know? are afraid of heights or people dogs. Who are afraid of dogs. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> people are afraid of luck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing, right? I, I don't know. <laughs> but the, at this point, the world starts falling apart, doesn't it? The world Oh, no, does... no. This is where he fight, faces the Gamork for the last time, and the Gamork is in its hidey hole and tells him all about the secrets of the universe because that's what a bad guy does before he dies. Yeah. And he tells him that Fantasia has no boundaries because yeah. Fantasia is the world that exists in humans' imagination. Yeah, he's really trying to trip him out here. He's like, you don't exist. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he just had this horrifyingly just pitiful, like heartbreaking conversation with that rock guy who said, who's just like, look at these hands. They look like strong hands. Oh, yeah. But they couldn't save my friends. That was heartbreaking. It was just like, what a speech! God damn! Like I was, I was tearing up watching it. It was, it really affected me. Like, yeah, no matter what he did, no matter how big he thought he was, he couldn't protect his friends, and that is heartbreaking. They look like big, good, strong hands, don't they? I always thought that's what they were. Oh, my little friends. The little man with his racing snail. The night hub. Even the stupid bat. I couldn't hold on to them. So he's he's just waiting for the nothing to come. Treyu sees this kind of like weird painted walls of the story that he's been in so far right so he's like so it lends credence to the kind of wolf dog story mm-hmm. about that this is just a, yeah. a child's imagination yeah and then he falco finally finds him after he kills the dog and flies him to the ivory tower that like still exists after the whole world blew up and that's where he meets the childlike empress yeah and he's like i fucked up i'm sorry <laughs> i uh I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do the thing. I couldn't find the kid. Imagine the Chadwick Empress was either just like Tom Hanks from Big or <laughs> like Jack, you know, Robin Williams. This is a grown, Childlike. a grown man acting like a child. Yeah, yeah, he definitely fucked up. He didn't save anyone, and the and the princess, the princess is such a a dick. She's like, 
oh, yeah, like that was always going to happen. <laughs> like that's why I sent you on the quest for you to like fail. Yeah, she's really condescending. I know. She's like, no, Atreyu, you didn't fail. This was the only way you could have brought the human child. Don't you see? Yeah. He's been with you the whole time. Yeah. And people have been with him. When the bullies were doing things, people were with him. <laughs> this is all the never-ending story. <laughs> and Atreus' response is like, what about my fucking horse? <laughs> like, you, you had to kill my horse? <laughs> we had to kill your horse. I could have gone on foot. <laughs> like, then that's like the guy, the, her like right-hand man, the guy with the big mustache. He tells him, you must do this like whole fucking adventure without any weapons. On, yeah. It's like he's a kid. Give him a leg up or something. Like, why are you taking – anyway, set up to fail. Yeah, drop him off at the right place. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> at least get an Uber there, you know, because yeah. then you can see it on the app. <laughs> so anyway, the Empress calls it to Bastion. Bastion is like, oh, my God, am I controlling this story? And she's like, tell me, uh, give me a name. And earlier in the whole thing, he's like, I wish I could give her a name because I'd give her my mom's name because my mom's name was beautiful. And then he yells out this incoherent name and uh, right. and then fixes everything. <laughs> and that's the end of the never-ending story. But it sounds like he yells Moonchild. Yeah, it does. Which is a interesting name for Yeah. There goes, there goes one of my trivia No, no. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting name for his mother. She was named <laughs> Moonchild. Like did because his, his dad was pretty like business savvy. He was right. in the suit at the beginning. That's the thing. Opposites attract. Was it like Dharma and Greg? His dad <laughs> probably worked for the military, just oh, like Major yeah. Dad. And she, his was, mom was like a hippie chick. Yeah, and she put like the rose in, or the the daisy in his. They gun. met at Kent State. <laughs> it's perfect. I love it. I love it. And so her name was Moonchild, and uh, and he was like, well, I'm going to name my kid after my dad, Sebastian. She's like, what about naming him Bastione? And he was like, what the fuck? Sure. A bastion of what? <laughs> the last bastion. Oh. Yeah. And so Bastion comes back with the fucking luck dragon to kill <laughs> His bullies. Yeah, that's right. He takes revenge. And that dragon, open mouth, is about to chomp down on them when they when they jump I'm on that. I'm gonna eat you, fox. <laughs> <laughs> Just like laughing. Ho ho ho! And they dump in the and they dump in the jumpster to escape him, and they live. Uh, Happily ever after in the dumpster <laughs> where they the should stay. They get the they dumpster. They climb over the wall to East Germany. <laughs> They are executed. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no, not again. Anyway, so that's, that's kind of the rundown of this, of this beautiful movie. And we're going to get into the differences between the book. We're going to have some trivia. Oh, my God. We're going to have some that. behind the scenes right after. In this, the next film. <laughs> right after this break. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome back to Rewatchability. 
We're talking about the never-ending story. We're about to get into some trivia, some behind-the-scenes, some uh, some crazy differences between the book and the yes. movie. But before we do that, we want to tell you what's coming up on rewatchability. So what? You, so you can you can watch the movie before you listen to the podcast. That's a great idea, Blaine. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that. And there's a there's a movie coming out in theaters, Rob. It's it's uh, it's a big it's a big franchise. Okay. I talked about it last time when we talked about Hollow Man. In one of the trivia questions. Okay. It's Fast and the Furious. Shaw, Hobbs and Shaw is coming out. I think that's what it's called. It sounds like a mystery thing with like two detectives that are working together <laughs> to solve something. Doesn't yeah, it? with like – it's like uh, George Hobbs and George Bernard Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why they go by their last names because their first names are George. <laughs> <laughs> and George Bernard Shaw fights crime by writing like socialist plays. Yeah, yeah really long character descriptions. That's right. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> Shaw. <laughs> um, anyway, we're going to do the first Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah. It's going to be fun and furious. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. It's, uh, so if you want to watch that movie, you can, and we'll talk about it before the uh, the new movie in that franchise comes out. Yes. Okay. So let's get into uh, the trivia questions. You are you already did you already knew some things, Rob. I know some things. You knew some I things. have ears, Blaine. Yeah, but like Moonchild. <laughs> I had to look it up because I had no idea what he was saying. I like went back in the scene to like yeah. see it. <laughs> it was like the conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now you I, just tore apart your apartment and played some saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> I put it into the audacity. I tried to strip it down. <laughs> no, I, enhance, enhance. <laughs> so in the in the book, it's a big lead up to the to to what he says and who his and what his mom's name is, and it's just fucking Moonchild in the book too. No, there's no. It's just weird. It's weird that his mom's name is Moonchild. It's weird, man. Like why? What it, it could have been? Could have been Frank Zappa's kid. Yeah, at least it wasn't like what Martha. <laughs> <laughs> say that Martha. name again. Why did you say her name? Anyway, so we talked about the Orn necklace. It was is kind of like a, a, a snake that kind of uh, got caught up with another a bunch of other snakes, mm-hmm. and now it's kind of like a rat king, but oh a snake. God. Right? Is it's, that a thing? Its tails are all caught up. Rat king, but a snake. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, my uh, my wife is like terrified of snakes, like terrified of snakes. So I don't even. She won't even listen to this podcast because mentioning snakes is she is an no archaeologist? <laughs> I had to when I edited that movie, and I edited the snakes out of that movie so she could watch it. Like <laughs> I replaced it with a picture of a of a of a polar bear, <laughs> like in 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 premiere. I ripped it. I. Because she wouldn't watch it because I, I was so uncertain whether I could pause it at the right time. Anyway. Steven Spielberg does the same thing, so I guess I can't, <laughs> yeah. can't uh, fault you. So the, the Orin necklace was given to this famous person for, for helping out the production and, and for helping out uh, Wolfgang Peterson on this film. I think I know the answer to this. Yeah? It is – Steven Spielberg. Okay, you did it. You you all you mentioned his name two seconds earlier, so, uh, so that's pretty good. Why? Do you know the story? Like uh, he gave notes in the first cut of the film, and oh. so he kind of helped rearrange the story a little bit, so it made more cohesive sense. Because mm-hmm. that was part of the big problem in this movie is that this book is 
fucking long and the movie is only half the book and even then they like tried to make sense of it by adding scenes and taking away huge storylines and like it didn't really add up michael ende was really like really kind of ashamed of what the movie turned out to be i wish the story had ended before it even began (laughs) and so i think wolfgang peterson needed like a little help with this, with this right. movie, yeah, and uh, of course, Steven Spielberg was a big fan of Das Boot, right? So uh, he liked, you know, films in the water. He does, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I and Steven Spielberg was like, Wolfgang, I don't fucking need another movie prop. I make movies. I have this shit lying around everywhere. <laughs> Apparently, it's in a glass case in his office. Oh. Yeah, like he's the archaeologist that's collecting these <laughs> things. So. It belongs in a museum <laughs> called my office. Okay, so did you hear the rumors that fucking Artex was murdered on the set of this movie? The horse. Is this a trivia question? Yeah. Uh, no. Okay, cool. You you passed. Uh, no, uh, it was rumored that Artex died while filming this movie, but uh, that is not the case. The the Artex was the fictional horse in the film. I mean, I'm sure that they didn't raise a horse from birth from a foal. Call it Artex. <laughs> <Call it> Artex <laughs> isn't. I mean, there are big things coming for you, Artex. Do you do you use Artex or are you like an H and R Block sort of guy? <laughs> I'm a U file, so <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> I, no, I didn't hear that. Is that was that a thing? That was a big rumor. Yeah. So instead of dying in the movie, instead, which Swedish retail store's meatballs did he end up in? What? No, no, he didn't die. Uh, he didn't go to IKEA meatballs, which was a whole thing. They like had horse meat in their meatballs. Did they? Yeah, that was a whole big thing. A little. Oh, early. but that didn't happen. He how classy he was. <laughs> right, horses. Uh, it's a fine meat. It's a good vintage. You know, I mean, they have to get it served and cooked correctly. Well, yeah, and in ball form. But he was uh, he was actually given to Noah Hathaway. Oh, yeah. who is the boy who plays Bastion? Yeah. Or not Bastion, Atreyu. Atreyu. Who is, of course, Anne Hathaway's brother. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's not true. <laughs> it's, not. Uh, it's not true. I was like, young father? No. Um, so, no. He kind of looks like Anne Hathaway. Like They kind of look like they could be related. Yeah, yeah, the hair, the long hair. Yeah. But no, he's like, uh, right now, he acts in some things, like a lot of B-movies he's, he's in and stuff like that. Right. He's still acting. He's still doing that. He's also a tattoo artist. Oh. And his, he got sleeves, man. He's all jacked. He <laughs> Check out my Falcor <laughs> sleeve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that a full body Falcor tattoo? <laughs> no, he's, he's doing well, but he doesn't have that horse because it was just too much to give a young boy a horse. Right. You know, from Germany, it had to be flaw- go through all this red tape. So they kept it. They kept it in Germany, and which is really good. They got to use it on more movies in set dressing in the glue. <laughs> Which is really nice. That's terrible. I think they're just it's nice. Why, the, the why, horse. why do you hate horses? <laughs> horses are just really useful, Rob. What have horses all. ever done to you? Uh, they looked at me the wrong way. I don't like <laughs> it. No. So, so there's some crazy behind the scenes stuff. That I want to know everything. So, Atreyu was almost murdered on the set of this film. <laughs> what? He was almost murdered. He was almost blinded. It was crazy. There was no safety regulation in this movie. They no, used, it was Germany. They, yeah, exactly. They used <laughs> I don't a, know if that's true. They used an elevator below the swamp so that they could lower the horse down in the muck. 
Oh, they didn't actually drown it. No, they didn't. They didn't actually drown it. So, but what happened was because Noah was right next to the elevator, his foot got stuck under the like mud elevator and it dragged him down. Oh my God. Uh, underneath the mud, and he was rescued and uh, was passed out. Oh my God. And they had to revive him. So it was a very dangerous set. That was a dangerous book that that kid started reading. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. He also, in the fight with the wolf, one of the claws, because it's a machine, right. one, one, they, they kind of bro- like moved the claw and it poked him right next to his eye. And he almost he almost got blinded. So uh, this what kid, the fuck, Wolfgang Peterson? Yeah, he also that scene where he gets knocked out of the tree into the mud by the sneezing turtle. He that that was a hard hit. They used that hit for the film, and he got the wind knocked out of him, and like got back up and was like walking, like stumbling around. And they're like, let's use it. So that's why he's not in the second film because. He died. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his character isn't even in the third film. So, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, presumably, because I don't know, he dies. <laughs> they just keep running out of Atreus. <laughs> so, wasn't um, there a band called Atreus? There was a metal band called Atreus from this film. The music of this film, like that, was covered so much. Like that song. Oh, the Kuga uh, Jew yeah. singer, whatever, yeah, 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 whatever yeah. her name is. Yeah, I know it mostly from Newfound Glory because I was like a pop punk kid. What? And they did like a cover of of this song, and I I loved it. I thought it was a fun okay. cover. Okay. Yeah. So, but it's been covered so many times, and most recently we're talking about the beginning of this podcast. It was covered on Stranger Things. Right. It became an integral plot point. Yeah. It was like this weird music video that came in right at the end when they're like. Like doing this big climactic thing that's like, no, 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 we're going to take two minutes out to do, to like do this right. duet. <laughs> you guys want this. You're nostalgic. <laughs> <laughs> and people did. People loved it. Uh, like Jimmy Fallon and Stephen Colbert did a rendition. Like everyone's been doing a rendition. Right. Even the, the child empress herself did a little dance off with her kid. Right. I saw that. Tammy yeah. Stronark. Yeah. And she's a dance teacher and, uh, and acting coach and, uh, and mother now. So, wow. Yeah. Now doing pretty good. The, Bastion, the guy that played Bastion, is the only one that kind of like went to the side. If you look at pictures of him now, he's like – he looks like the the hippie dad that lives in the woods. Uh, <laughs> you know, he listens to prog rock. He does printing on the side, like uh, printing press stuff. Oh, yeah. But he's an author in his own right and, and does uh, some nonfiction stuff about uh, different types, uh, different actual types. Only ending stories for him. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. He ain't got time for that. No, he, he needs to end these stories. But, uh, yeah, they all had, had like, really cool lives after this that weren't just, like, the regular actor trajectory after this. Right. Yeah. So I, I kind of like that. Uh, Michael Ende, uh, he hated this movie so much. When he saw it, that he cashed the paycheck, sued it. Oh, uh, he did cash the paycheck, but he he also sued um, them for making this movie. He uh, was like, "This is so far removed from my book that I want the name stripped, and I want my name stripped from the movie." So they took his name out of the first bit. They're like, "We're not renaming the movie, yeah, and we're going to mention you at the end." So uh, that's what happened, and he went to court, and the court was like, "Now you signed all these papers, man. You, you you signed off your rights, so they own it, and now you have to pay all these legal fees." And he paid them all 
with the uh, cash from the movie. So he made nothing off the movie, unfortunately. Hmm. Sucker. I know. But he was, he, was, he was a pretty cool guy. He was an actor in uh, like acting troops when okay. he was younger. His dad was a pretty famous painter in Germany mm-hmm. and was uh, his surrealist paintings were deemed like kind of heresy in the administration that came up in Germany. You mean like by the Nazis? By the Nazis. Okay. And so uh, – <laughs> If it's heresy by the Nazis, then that means they're good. Yeah, yeah they're pretty good paintings. <laughs> so he had to uh, – to kind of stop doing paintings and paint in secret. Right. And then uh, – so he couldn't sell a lot of his paintings. He couldn't move a lot of his paintings to galleries. And then what happened was there was a big fire and it wiped out over 250 of his paintings. Wow. And so the only ones that survived were ones that were already in galleries or people that already bought before the Nazis came in. Damn. So, yeah. So I feel like the nothing is kind of like – I don't know. It, it feels like it's really it's Nazis guttural, yeah, and it's really like in there. Like he yeah. saw that happen to his dad, like his creative world just be destroyed right. in, a, in a second, right? So, yeah, so that was really interesting to me. And then the other thing was he was like a courier for the underground movement against the Nazis in Germany. Wow, which was pretty cool. Uh, Ende was the the author, not his dad. Oh yeah. Uh, so that was pretty cool because I'm sure a lot of other people just signed right up because <laughs> holy. <laughs> shit. It's, a, it's oh, yeah. pretty intimidating. <laughs> if the never-ending story was written by a Nazi, I think we'd know about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be right up there with like IBM and Fanta and Volkswagen. Yeah. I'll be talking about them. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. Hugo Boss. Yeah, there you go. And so... Uh, Coco Chanel. <laughs> there's a list. There's, there's a, a list. list. <laughs> yeah, and we still... Buy it. Anyway, he he was just an interesting uh, guy. I mean, he wrote adult books too. He Ooh. wrote adult, <laughs> no, not adult books, adult <laughs> books. Come on. But yeah, it was it was pretty cool. And he lived till like 1995 and wrote the entire time. And so yeah, the other thing that I'm going to talk about are the differences between the book and the movie. Okay. Now you have previously stated that you did not read the book. I didn't read the book. <laughs> I ruined the book for myself. I'm going to ruin it for you too. Okay. So. Uh, our text, the horse can talk in the book. That would have been really weird in the movie. He's Mr. Ed? He's Mr. Ed. is just drought. Like, I think the kid would have been like, Oh, I'm drowning. Yeah. No, no. Like, the kid would have kind of helped him along, you know? Like, Stop <laughs> talking. There. God damn it. Atreyu, why? <laughs> Bastion's last name was just Book. And, so, and like in the book... Of, of, like, they're just like, oh, you like books. That's why your last name is Book. And he's like, actually, my last name is Book from something else. But it helps that I like, it was just like weird. <laughs> and he was bullied because he was fat. Yeah. Why, why, why thin wash that is what I'm asking. Nobody wants to see fat kids on screen. Oh, come on. I, no, I'm saying what, that the, the three, when I say that, I say it three ninjas. as a fat kid. <laughs> I feel that, man. All right. Yeah. Well, it would have would have helped. Would have helped. Um, it would have helped. And uh, it only covers half the book in the second half of the book. So at the end of this book, it's like Sebastian, you can you can wish all this undone, right? At the end of this uh, this movie, mm-hmm. and so he kind of wishes it all undone. And uh, in the in the book, his wishes when he kind of wishes everything to be uh, take he trades one memory for each wish, which is kind of like the second never ending story. And That's so. Right. And so he trades all of his memories for these wishes and kind of rebuilds Fantasia. But then 
kind of wants to be the hero of Fantasia, and Atreyu is, but he has all the power. So he starts making bigger and bigger monsters for himself to fight, and eventually he turns into this kind of like bloodthirsty evil guy. Oh my god! Uh, who like works with this witch and this queen witch that's like helps him fight Atreyu and the Child Empress for control over Fantasia. And so it's this big epic battle of all the fantastical creatures against each other at like the end third of this book. So then there's a whole nother thing after that where he, Sebastian has been, has decimated Fantasia, stabbed Treyu in the chest and thrown him off a cliff. He melted the tower, the ivory tower, and uh, I can see why Wolfgang Peterson was like, ah, that's enough. I know, I know. <laughs> that's good. We will finish the movie here. <laughs> it is happy still. <laughs> and so Sebastian wanders this ruined Fantasia, uh, going to like a town run by a monkey and like a town with like hippies that all think in one thought, like, I don't know, like a hive mind. Okay. It's all weird. And then he's told that he can't get back to Earth, and that's what he wants to do. And he, he's told that he can get back to Earth if he ends the stories that he started. <laughs> so he finds Atreyu, nurses him back to health, finds Falcor, and they help him right his wrongs in the land, and he gets back to Earth, a very wise child now. Oh. Um, so that's kind of nice. Well, that's... That's wonderful. Thank you for telling me that story. Yeah, and we, you know, I'll tell I'll tell more of it to you uh, another time because it just doesn't end. Oh my god! Well, there is a, is, a, that, is all that in the second movie? No, none of it's in the second movie. The second movie does the wish for memory thing, uh-huh. but other and there's an evil queen, but other than that, nothing. And the third movie is just, I wanted to see Jonathan Brandis like fucking as a maniacal leader, know. just like decimating Fantasia. I know. Instead, he like. Works with Atreyu and the, and the Empress to take down the Queen. Cooperation. I know. So in the third movie, he is a bit older kid and he finds the book in the library. He goes into the book again. I don't know why he just doesn't own this book. Yeah. It's in the library. He goes in the library, goes into the book again, and then Jack Black – <laughs> no, finds the book. Yes. No. It's Jack Black. No, Blake. No, yes. it's not. It is. You're lying. Jack Black plays like Slick or Slip or Slig or something. What? And and he finds the book and he goes in and then he becomes a megalomaniac. And Jack he, Black? Yeah. And he starts creating all these monsters in Fantasia. <laughs> and making everybody listen to his like original comedic songs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, it's another end of story. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Empress is like, you need to go back into the real world, Sebastian, and like take him down because he's he's ruining Fantasia. Which is like, he's just reading the book like yeah. any other kid would. Yeah. You know? It's not like he's just making his own. Fucking censorship. Yeah, let Jack Black read. <laughs> but then when Sebastian comes back, he comes back with some of the crazy characters from Fantasia in the real world. Uh-huh. And then they take Jack Black down. And that's that's the end of the third one. Wow. Yeah, but it's a, it's a weird trilogy and has not, like sort of things grabbed from the book but sort of not. And now I really want to read the book. It seems fucking awesome. Yeah. And it seems like three different books in one. It kind of feels like the, uh, the Oedipus trilogy. You know, like well, not like not like with the sleeping with the mom or anything, 
But like his mom's dead. <laughs> <laughs> but like Oedipus the King, when he's just wandering the his, his like right. wasteland, like his, yes. his kingdom and stuff, yes. and he's blind and all that stuff. It feels yeah. Very and much... there's like the stuff with the oracle. Exactly. And then... Yeah. In the first in the first chapter. Yeah. So very yeah. Greek tragedy. I mean, I it is I, very Greek tra- I am fascinated by the sort of part where he turns to the dark side and becomes like the the tragic figure yeah even though he sort of pulls it off at the end I know and to kind of in a kid's book to take the kids through the main character becoming a bad guy and like learning from that experience is kind of what kids go through anyway because kids test their boundaries and you know start lying or start mm-hmm. blaming things on people until you say no you can't do that and then they find other ways to to lie mm-hmm. and then they become adults they become monsters <laughs> yeah so Rob did you didn't see this movie before as a kid, so it didn't, didn't have like a nostalgia factor for I you, don't. really? And you didn't, you weren't into newfound glory, so you didn't really I know hate pop punk. But when you watch this movie, what, you know, take me through it. What 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 did you think? Gosh, you know, I yeah, I feel like the nostalgia factor for this one is must be pretty high for people. Yeah, I, I tried to keep thinking about other children's stories and fantasy stories that I watched when I was a kid and tried to think of how I would experience it as a kid. Watching it right now, I was sort of frustrated by it. Like, it looks really good. Yeah. Like, all the puppets and everything, the sonography looks great. Yeah. There's I was pretty impressed by that, actually. Lots of great colors. I love, Mm. like, the rock monster. Some of those guys, those characters are fun. But... They don't fucking do anything. Like, yeah. nothing happens in this movie. It's just like a Treyu going from place to place to place and not really doing anything. He's just sort of like drug from place to place to place. Yeah. He never has to demonstrate any character traits or growth or there's no, like, problem. And the same thing for Bastion, I guess, except, like, you know, his... His thing is whether or not he is going to give in to his imagination or not give in to his imagination. But it doesn't really – nothing happens in the story yeah. that plays with anything thematic. Oh, well, I'd, I'd, I'd challenge you on that just because there are a few things I noticed like the Sea of Sorrows. If you give in to your emotions, you drown. Like that's that seemed like I him, so. him – like uh, if he's creating part of the story, it seems like – his loss of his mother and like his dad mm-hmm. being like, don't give in to those emotions. You're going to drown. Mm-hmm. And then the kind of old lady saying, he's, she's like, oh, look at you saying you're all right to betray you. Like once his wounds is healed, she says it has to hurt before in order yeah. to heal. And so like that's, that's the kind of thematic journey of him being like, I can't feel my emotions. And then no, I have to feel these emotions. I have to go through heartache in order to heal, mm-hmm. in order to like become a better person. That's fair. That's fair. But I feel but like... But it, it is only said in certain things and very thematic, and it's not yeah. in the plot, really, and it's not in the character. You don't really see it in the characters. Well, and the characters don't really do anything. Like, we have yeah. all these fantastic characters. We have the Deep Roy and the Rock guy. Yeah. And, like, he doesn't interact with them. Deep Roy and the Rock. That's <laughs> like a, a team-up that I want to see, for sure. <laughs> it mostly is just... Pushing him towards the end of the events adventure and not really, I don't know, not really doing anything. I think of like The Wizard of Oz or something like that. And like there are clear interactions between the characters. Like 
Dorothy meets the Tin Man and yeah. wants to help him find this, and the character has needs and wants and yeah. motivations. But all of these people are just sort of concerned about the end of the fantasy realm, which doesn't really mean anything because it's just the story that the kid is reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For and sure. I also, I was also like put off by a lot of things that were introduced and never sort of brought back, like all the stuff with uh, Gerald McRaney. <laughs> you're just a big you, don't you have a fan page Jared McRaney <laughs> uh, myspace.com slash McRaney <laughs> angel <rules>. fire <laughs> yeah no I mean the fact that the dad didn't come back kind of sucks the fact that like the only voiceover narration we heard was at the very end mm-hmm. for some reason he never goes back to the bookstore also no. like he's he doesn't return that fucking book he's spending all night in this school attic nobody comes looking for him <laughs> yeah yeah. His dad's not like freaking out, being like, where's my boy? <laughs> I'm missing I'm my sorry child. I didn't love you hard enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no one's uh, – and he like is a little kid with a lot of fire up there in a dusty, dry attic. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> he, it's he probably, dangerous. This is what I think. I think that he like fell asleep. Right. Burned to death. Oh, my God. That was a sphinx. <laughs> Yeah, that was the Sphinx. Oh, God. And then the rest is just like his like last thoughts as his synapses, you know, flicker off into non-existence. Well, that's beautifully horrifying. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't I didn't love it. I don't couldn't really get into it. Yeah. I think I would watch the second one if given the opportunity, but I think that this movie sort of lacks a lot of the like I don't know, fun I think of other kids adventure movies. Like I think some of the other, like other movies are more fun. Like the, yeah. even the char- even the characters that are cool, like Falkor, should be fucking awesome. Yeah, but he yeah. doesn't really do anything. <laughs> he flies around. He doesn't have a personality. He's just like, oh, I'm your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Ende said that it was a, a poor mishmash of ET and the Day After, which is about a nuclear holocaust. <laughs> which is kind of like speaks to your point of like. It not being the funnest kids movie because it's about like nihilistic tendencies of like 13 year olds. Yeah. But I think the whole never ending story point mm. where they're like, yeah, everybody's reading this and we're all following through this characters and somebody's following through on that character. I think that's a really powerful point. Yeah. And I think that it pretty much makes the movie what it is yeah you know because it it's sort of like a greater you know a greater overarching sort of idea but i don't think the rest of the world sort of like lives up to it you know i don't i don't love it so i'm gonna say mildly rewatchable okay blaine what about you because i know you love the never-ending story too yeah, <laughs> this one does not have Jonathan Brandis. There's no, no. there's no swoof. There's no smirk. Of hair. Yeah. No smirk. Um, not no crystal blue eyes. <laughs> yeah, I also was like, is that the same kid? Like when I was looking at a tray, <laughs> it's bad. I was like, that's the same kid, right? Like it's just like him with a different haircut. It's not. It's not. But I, yeah, I, 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 I really enjoyed watching this movie again. I thought that despite its its flaws and its kind of meandering nature and the fact that like the characters it didn't really have character thrust to it which uh-huh. is i think a horrible horrible thing in any movie when that happens because it just gets boring after a while i didn't find this boring so I, I don't know how it did that and i thought it was kind of a visual this is thrown a lot around a lot but a visual feast 
Wow. Yeah. yeah. It was a feast for my eyes. They ate a lot. How many courses? It was like five cornucopias wow. of, of feasting. That's a that's plenty horn of plenty. <laughs> and so I I really I really loved it. I miss puppets. I, I miss <laughs> uh, that sort of thing. The snail looked pretty fun, and the guys at the beginning I didn't remember at all. I was like, who are these guys? Which guys? The rock guy and the snail guy. Oh, well, because they don't do anything. I mean, yeah. the rock guy. Somebody's like. These look like strong hands. Yeah. Fuck, that breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. It was so good. We'll never be strong enough to fix the world, Blaine. No. Might as well just do a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I thought that's how we were fixing the world. (laughs) You thought this was... You really thought this was... We're making the world a better place, one movie at a time. (laughs) I think that there's a lot for people that haven't seen uh, this movie in a long while to see it. I think that a lot of people will be underwhelmed if they see it for the first time. You're right, because it does meander. It does like... In the book, even, it says that Atreyu doesn't have any direction. It's just if you... Where you secretly want to go is where where you'll end up. Uh, so mm-hmm. Atreyu ends up near some big boobies, and that's <laughs> yeah. why uh, that's why he ends up there. They just happen to be near the Sphinx. That's good. But yeah, uh, so it, it just that meandering kind of story point led to the movie. Right. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say rewatchable. But okay. I see your point. I see your point that it's not the most well structured and well done movie. I don't want to ruin people's childhood. You could no, sing this but, song with your sweetheart or whatever. But this is about looking back with new eyes. You know, this is the this is this podcast. So yeah. we have to be strict on that. And I can't just love it because it was a part of my childhood. You know. Yeah. But I love it. But that's it was part what of my people childhood. do. People yeah. love things. Yeah, I know. And when you love something, you don't criticize it. No. So. So you should say that differently, though. <laughs> Um, anyway, son of a bitch. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you so much for joining us this week on Rewatchability. That's it. We're going to be back next week to talk about Fast and Furious. Mm-hmm. So we have those engines. Uh, make sure you have a full tank. Vroom, vroom. And you can check out our, our other episodes and, and stuff on yes. rewatchability.com. You can talk to us on Twitter and Facebook at Rewatchability. And if you want a t-shirt, go to Public And, uh, if you like this podcast and you can't give anything and uh, just mention it to someone, yeah, that'd be really great. Word of mouth really helps us, and so uh, so you would you would be helping us create our fantasia. Word of mouth is our never ending story that you tell about our podcast to people. Just tell people about our podcast. <laughs> 